Turn on the machines. Put the power on. It's that time again. You know what time it is. It's Wednesday, True House Stories Day. And thankfully, we're always here. You can count on us. Sometimes we're a minute behind or a minute early, but we're always waiting for you to come on. Anyway, we have a bit of like a Indian summer starting here in America again. It's it's thir- 28 to 30, which is about 81 degrees Fahrenheit, which is nice and warm in New York. It's, I was sweating outside, running back to get ready. And of course, I'm all excited after doing my workout today because I wanted to be a supermodel. I wanted to be a supermodel, <laughs> but that was never my calling. It was too short. And I didn't have the Schwarzenegger physique, so I missed my call. But I was blessed to be involved in something called the music industry. And thankfully, what's we're going to go to in a second and speak about this great man. Um, I want to thank you all. We've been coming on TikTok Live now. TikTok has given us the okay to start going on live, which is super, super duper cool. And where's the fall? Fall is coming. Trust me, it's coming because Monday is Aborigines Day for some people, Columbus Day in America, which we try not to talk about anymore, but now it's Aborigines Day. And normally by October, it starts getting a little cooler and all that. So welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana coming out of New York City. And this week, we're going to be talking to this most handsome prince who's one of Germany's longest serving DJ and producers. And he's known as a cosmonaut because he's around royalty of Tom Novi and Iniak and Mogwai. And that man's name is Phil Fulner. Phil Fulner, okay? He's a big disco fanatic, produces a lot of disco house stuff, remixes and also was a supermodel at one time and still going strong was a resident space which is one of the most finest clubs known in the game and there's just so much we're going to hear from my man mr fulner and i don't want to ruin it by telling you too much but i will say this back in 98 he did a fantastic cover of s express okay that was a dance chart topper in Germany. And that's very hard to do, is have records in Germany that become pop hits. And he learned that formula, he figured it out, and he got it to happen. So, without further ado, we're going to bring up to the stage Mr. Phil Fulner. <laughs> Thanks for all the kind words, man. <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Phil. How are you? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it, it went too early, uh, uh, dark today, you know, and it's the oh. end of the summer. Temperatures are still very, very nice, very comfortable, but it gets dark quite early. And uh, that's why I put the curtains so you don't have to look at the black outside, at the black outside, but it's, but I'm fine. So for everyone, remember, let, hello, guten Tag, guten Nacht, and welcome again, welcome to the show. And of course, we couldn't ask for a better legend than yourself. Um, 
And let me tell everybody this. You know how many weeks I've been rescheduling Mr. Fuldner? <laughs> I'll tell you why. He's been busy playing out in a bees and all over the place. So I don't feel that bad. But it was like, come on, dude. He's like, no, no, we're going to do it. So thankfully, I want to say thank you again. And there's a big applause to you, my brother, for coming on a very special show that, you know, basically helps keep the history of all of you. Because it's your stories, not mine. Anyway, welcome in again. So I just go right to the first question and make it very comfortable. Mr. Phil Fulner, the young Phil, the kid. How does music find you back in the day, my brother? Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> music was always in the family. And uh, when I reminisce, my, my mother always was, was a great singer and um, uh, not a professional singer, but a great, she sang all around the house and we, the, we had the radio on all the time and um, we were singing along with her uh, to, to the radio and my father still is an excellent piano player and so music was always a part of, 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 of the household, of, of the family and my sister, she was, she was playing the piano or she tried and she making, she had a great time um, practicing the piano with uh, with uh, with a friend, laughing all the time, and yeah, and the, the radio was playing in the house, and um, I started off very early to um, to record tapes with my cassette recorder from the radio, and um, and it, it appears to me that music always has been a been a part of me and. I know from from uh, in the deep of my heart, in the depth of my heart, that it will be a part of my life and a part of my work someday. And now you are gone. <laughs> I'm, oh, I, I like to. I'm the only one. Oh, there you are again. <laughs> no, I like to. I like to. These days, I like for people to be zooming in right in on how handsome you really are. You know, what I'm saying this way. I, I step away. It's not my show. It's your show. Oh, but, I was a little bit irritated. <laughs> <laughs> so you said about your father. So. The, what kind of music at such a young age was being played around you? That well, my, my father was a jazz enthusiast. He was into classic music. Um, he learned to play the piano, classic music. And then one day he was hit like a bus uh, by jazz music. And uh, he listened to jazz music on the radio to Count Basie and, and guys like that. And and. Duke Ellington and um, and I remember he told me a story that he was supposed to or he was um, um, he was um, he should play a, a, a the piano the classic piano concert in his in his school and um, he was so into jazz music that he and everybody was invited you know all the all his all his colleagues and all the the teachers and. And he said he quit. And he said I couldn't do it. I won't do it because I love jazz and I won't play. I, I promise you, I won't play classic piano anymore. And that's what he did. And on the, on the other side, there was my mother who fed us young ones with um, Carlos Santana, with uh, the Bee Gees, with uh, Super Tramp, and uh, with um, James Brown, Cool and the Gang, and Abba, of course, and Barbara Streisand. And my elder sister, she fed me with electric. Uh, he, she, she, she brought me to electronic music actually, 
and she uh, she was listening to to the to the first house tracks that came up and um friends of her friends from school went to went to the states and brought that that that, that record collection the history of the house sound of chicago they brought it over to germany and we must have listened to the record a thousand times you know un until it until it was broke and so there were a lot of different influences more like like uh, yeah like um not that industrial kind of influences that a lot of my colleagues had like Kraftwerk or 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 Depeche Mode. It was more the soul side. It was more like um, an even northern soul, and um, that's what what influenced me musically from the from the very start. And that changes everything because remind me what German pop music was called because I, my, I have my assistant Manuel we always laugh about the name of German pop music it was a very funny name that you know you heard in the 80s and 70s on the radio Lager right Lager is that Lager or Slager something like that it was even Donna Summer oh, Schlager. 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 yeah oh, yeah <laughs> See what I mean? Because I I got to spend so much time in Germany. I got to learn all these things, which makes it that much more interesting for me when I'm traveling to really appreciate why American music was so you know touching to all of you. I get it now. Mm -hmm. Because some of the music that was coming out during that time was, you know, like Barbie doll music. <laughs> so... I mean, Schlager was um, uh, Schlager was um, the, the German. I mean, I hope I got I, I got I got it right. Um, Schlager was like it was the was the German more or less uh, around the corner translation for beat Schlager. It's a hit hit Schlager beat music, you know. And Germany was very into that into that uh, Beatles thing, and um, so um, it they. German culture and German music culture adopted that kind of beat music, and and uh, they they had one of their first gigs in at the famous Star Club, um, the Beatles in in Hamburg, and so it was uh, it was a big market here for them, and you know everybody turned in that direction. All the you know the the hairstyle and and the cloth is all it was all like Beatles like, and that I mean, it felt like that it was on for even more than than a decade and so it was all influenced by yeah by by yeah by british pop music by american music of course and um you know we had all these 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 german or these american original american recordings that came up in germany with german vocals you know not one-to-one -one translation but with a little bit of twist and and it, and then it came to me that uh, when i when i when i grew older and i heard and listened to more music that all these german hits are originally from the states you know some 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 disco tracks and some uh, even like um you're the one that i want you know from 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 um, john travolta and um featured by john travolta and olivia newton john and there was like there was a title in germany that called the wanne is voll i mean the bass tube is filled up you know and it was more or less it was a fun song. It was a joke. It was not taken to tape to be taken serious, and so um, the Germans took the 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 international songs and international artists and translated them in a kind of 
very, very special and very own way into German songs and into German and and brought the German lyrics onto this onto these tracks. So like even for example, John Travolta, who really didn't have a musical career in America, mm -hmm. was loved in Germany, right? And another yep. one who was on Night Rider became <laughs> massive in Germany singing David Hasselhoff. Yes. It's crazy, right? It's but Germany only. Nowhere else, just Germany. They love Wasn't he big in the States? I mean, no. Baywatch and stuff? That, yes, as a Hollywood actor, mm. but never as a singer. Okay. I mean, I, I, can, I, I can remember that. I can only remember this one song that he did. And, yeah, I, yeah he, was, he was very big. He was very big in Germany. And he still is. The song is being played in, at the Oktoberfest, you know, and that... And at the at, at the Luna Park, and it's still on. The people need some drinks, and everybody's going off to that song. So, as we're going to school, Phil, did you have any formal training musically? Because your dad's a pianist. Have you learned any instruments along the way in your life? Yeah, I learned to play the piano, but um, I learned to play play the piano, but I never learned it. You know. And uh, I can I can throw some chords, and that's fine for me. That's all what's left. But uh, but it helped me to to get behind the the feeling of music, the feeling of harmonies, and to arrange harmonies. And I got to the musical school from a quite early age. And I was uh, the only thing I can remember that we only made fun the whole time. You know, we had that little magnets, and uh, the the line of the of of, of the nose. You know. And with the with with a board, and we just threw the magnets on 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 the. Ah, Let me ask know. you. Let me ask this, because I play piano as well. Are you talking with staff lines, and then you throw the magnets, and wherever they sit, you play you play it. So yeah, if the magnets were for the notes, you know. Right. So if they fall on a G or an A, then you yes, play yes. Okay, that's they what should. I you know they should, but we just made fun of it and pinned it all around the place, and. Um, uh, and then I played, yeah, I, I used to play the piano for a couple of years, but it never went that well. But I, um, uh, I was trained as a, as, as, as a, as a singer, a baritone. And I had that, I was trained for um, almost a decade or like 10 or 12 years until my, my, um, my teacher went back. He 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 was a Japanese guy, and he then he went back and he retired and went back to to Japan, and he um, was uh, he had a lot of a lot of, uh, he had a lot of um, quite prominent pupils, and and oh you you're famous too. What are you talking about? <laughs> Before me, you know, <laughs> I was one of his last Asiatic disciples, and um, what was his name? The Japanese uh, instructor. Tatsuzo Tajima. Did you sing in Japanese as well, or you sang just in German? I sang in, in Japanese as well when oh, I was really? at a Japanese restaurant and I was drunk. Yeah. I don't know anything about Japanese. This show <laughs> brings out so much stuff that people never probably never knew anything about. I didn't know anything about you speaking and singing Japanese. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was singing ah. German Japanese. I, he, he, he he told me a few words, you know, so I'm I can order some food, you know, and can order my sake, but nothing beyond that. 
but he was he was a good teacher and he was like a um he was um a, he was a buddhist and he taught me about Xin Yuan. that was uh the 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 buddhistic circle he was into and he was very um and he was living that 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 kind of of, of religion but completely open-minded and we, yeah we had a great time uh, and he was he was a great he was a hard teacher but um we had a really really good time and he taught me a lot and he was like a more or less like a some kind of a father figure for me and helped me trying to find my my way of expressing my singing and my voice and um yeah and and taught me all the 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 the, the fine things the 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 really what's what's going on be, be, be on and he taught me to get um um taught me to he taught me to let me say of course to get better and to 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 sing without a monitoring and 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 listen to what's really going on musically and it was um it was a great thing to happen for me and, and helped me a lot in my in my in my oh, sure it did you got formal training that helps with everything you do with this music that you're producing and writing oh yes of course Mm -hmm. The more practice you you do, the better you get. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, so definitely. definitely. The, road, the road to a, to becoming an adult, because you know, we, there's a time we were all kids. The road of I want to be, you know, a fireman or a postal worker or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Was it in your mind more? I want to be an artist, singer, professionally, first, or what was it on the on your ladder? Of, of success well um, um i always want i think I, I when i can remember I, from from the very start it was into my mind that i wanted to do something with music or something with art some kind of expression some some kind of way to express myself maybe on on as a singer on stage or or something like a place where where i can express myself and um but i think it was it was a very, I think it was 80% music from the start on my mind that I wanted to do something with music, you know. And I can remember I was, um, um, my sister, my elder sister, she made her A-level in school and then they had like a big party. Two, like, two schools uh, were like close to each other and they had a big party and, and, um, and there was one of the other ones, very good looking Turkish guy, Attila Ceylan. And um, he was standing. I knew him. He was a friend of. He was a. He was a, um, a homie of my sister, and he was standing there with his cowboy boots on, you know, with a tight shirt and two turntables, two James Brown records, and a mixer. And he was playing. He was DJing. And all the girls were standing around him. And I said to myself, "That's what you want to do." <laughs> and um, and then one thing came to another. And before that, I, I recorded like. Um, um, tracks from the radio you know and um i can well as far as i can remember all of my colleagues did that they they mixed their own tapes and um and it it, it fascinated me even I, I was even thinking about becoming a dj on the radio or so and um and i and then we i can remember we started off djing like from a very analog you know turntable let me ask you phil Sorry, everyone, for that emergency alert. 
sound that came through that was America testing all the phones. I forgot it was going to hit at 220 and it went, <laughs> sorry, the house is not doing anything wrong. The studio is fine. So when you first saw the guy with the cowboy boots and at your sister's uh, party, okay, did you really know what he was doing as a DJ or you just was taken by the fact that he was a magnet? Uh, a good, very good question. I think it was both of it, and I knew what you, I knew what he was doing. I, 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 um, the DJ culture, and I can't remember when it first appeared to me. And uh, DJing, I, I knew that what he was doing there, and I think I was, we were already into DJing. I don't know if you can call it DJing because we were playing tracks from tapes at, at uh, um, when our friends had parties at home, you know, and from, from they invited all the, the, the guys from their, from, from their, all their classmates. And they, we, we came together and had a party at home, you know, and with one record player and one speaker, you know, and we started uh, and we, um, we, 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 play, we played the tracks from cassette or even from a tape recorder. And um, so I had a slight idea of what DJing was about. And of course, I, 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 um, um, in the late, in, in the early 80s, we had, there were already pictures coming over from the guys in at, at the Saint or Studio 54 who were playing records and of DJs, what DJs do and what the DJ equipment is all about and what, what kind of record player you, you had to have and stuff. And I knew all that, but it was the thing that happened there that he was like the magnet and that he was the, the master of ceremony in that place. Is that what, what, what really attracted me? And that's why I asked that question, because everybody has that moment of like the caveman. Fire! We found fire! You know that yeah. feeling? And mm. I remember mine. I remember seeing it for the first time and it was, you know, and you don't forget it. It gets, it's like the first kiss and I don't want to be too explicit. First, everything, you know, first time you do something, first time you go down a roller coaster, of course, second, third time you do it, you get the same feeling, but it's never like the first time, you know, yep. when you experience something. It's like so overwhelming. Mm. So of course, at that time, hip hop is starting to make its way through because Run DMC in the early 80s. So you're seeing the DJ in the back, like Jam Master J playing, and these records are becoming big. Mm -hmm. so even if you're not, say, in the circuit yet of going out clubbing, you're turning on this new thing called, I don't know if, remember if Germany had it yet, uh, Vivo, no, not Vivo, MTV at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it started here in America, watching rap videos and first people and they had DJs. Maybe they weren't doing anything because the generation we all come from, there was no computer yet. There was no YouTube yet. There was no internet yet to learn mm -hmm. any of this. So you had to go to the record shop per se and pull the magazine and look and maybe buy it to see what DJs were doing in America, what DJs were doing in the UK, what German DJs were doing and such and such. So I can understand you saying to me that, yes, you knew what was going on, but 
the information of how we do things now to then, it was like discovering gold back then, Phil, right? Of yes, of course. Everything was like was was like um, it it was it was like a like a, a practicing art. And yes, you had to you had to check the magazines and you had to or read the magazine at your friend's house. And and I can remember we had um, uh, when all the other kids were were were, um, were watching RTL television when it was initiated here in Germany. I we couldn't we couldn't receive it we because the antenna of on, on the top of our house was looking in a different direction and I but we were able to receive top of the pops and that was amazing for me and um, and they and even the the, the early neighbors series with uh, Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan and stuff that was not so really house music but um, uh, it, it yes it was it was. Uh, a big thing discovering what was going on there but we were so into it and we were so like soaking it up all of the time that we we drove for miles with the bus or with the train to 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 listen to records or to buy records or to buy magazines or to see DJs or artists perform um I was and there's one thing I almost I always I almost forgot I was very into hip hop music too into rap music and uh, first of all, like of course, like guys like Tiski Valley or, or or Curtis Blow, all that was like uh, related to to funk music more or less. And then in my skateboarding days, and uh, I spent so much time on on boards, on surfboards or skateboards. We were um, we were going to a famous to a famous place in um, and not that famous, but they got all the bands, all the hip hop bands there. And all the sound systems at Tordrei in Düsseldorf, Germany, and we were listening to Buya Tribe, New Funky Nation. We were listening to Ice T, Donald D, Evil E, Hijack, uh, to to Buya Tribe. Um, oh, I said that we we uh, to NWA was there, and um, even um, UK hip hop like Silver Bullet. Yeah, and we will we will go into to all that concerts and listen to the, to that music, and so. And I can rem can remember then, like, I was still into skateboarding when uh, Two Unlimited came up with their hits, and I brought it to my hip hop friends, and uh, we were hanging around and having having drink, having having a drink, having a smoke, and, and doing skateboarding. And at the end, everybody was partying. I was playing that record, and everybody was going bananas. And so, yeah, I did my contribution <laughs> to to bring house music to my skateboarding friends. How so many I don't know if you can call it house music. Well, you know what I mean? The, the, the music of the time, let's say yeah. pop and all that. How much, let's see. Did anyone formally teach you how to beat match? Because you were working on vinyl in those days. You weren't, yeah. there was no such thing called the sync button like now, which yeah. is not a bad thing. But Pioneers made it very easy for everybody to become a DJ. Mm -hmm. Back then, to be a true DJ was a very expensive proposition. You know, to have to buy music, learn the craft, really put everything you have into it. It wasn't like now. Um, did someone actually show you the basics of playing or did you just pick it up as you went? Well, um, yeah, I had, I, had, um, I had one or two 
major teachers, but it always was clear to me that there is a technique or what, what you have to do. I mean, what you have to do to beat match, you have to bring the records together somehow and start it on maybe on, on, to, 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 to bring these things together in a, or to bring two records together in the perfect way in the technically perfect way and in the musically perfect way and um it was clear to me that there that it only can work with the you know with 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 speed with the speed of the record and the right starting point and but doing that you know <laughs> all that picture and but doing that is is a different thing you know practicing and theory and um i am about forked who was that was a guy he's still i think into djing but more like for small corporate events or for private events and he was a resident in um in the model Trombet in essen a city close by a city nearby and he and i got my first regular job there playing records on a monday the place was packed on monday you could go on every day in the week and everybody and everybody was going out and uh, there was a special club or special discotheque you can go to on every specific day in the week and he taught me how to do it and he taught me and in, in the in the i learned it the hard way in a club without monitoring you know and okay. a very large space with the great sound system but you had you know you had that delay from the sound and i and i and i didn't know what i was doing wrong because it too, at, at, I, I was practicing at home everything worked out great and then in the club, I was always behind. And he told me, hey, there is no monitoring here. You got to control that. You got to do that. Uh, you got to, um, um, con you, you have to do the final control on the headphone before you pull the fader up so that the records are, you know, that the records are matching beat wise. And, um, and, um, it was like, yeah, I, it, I had some hard times there, but in the end, really, really great times because we knew the crowd, we know what record to play. And um, I learned my lesson well there. And um, I think Bertie is still on. And um, I, I had some friends uh, who started off with me, Christian Inaus, a great artist. And uh, he's, he's a painter and he does uh, sculptures and stuff. And we started off uh, DJing together as a team, and um, I got my first um, Technics uh, player. And um, I can remember that I wanted to do a, a driving license for a Vespa, you know, a scooter. Okay. And uh, the, my mom, the friend of my mom, and he was a doctor, and he said, I have so many really horrible accidents. They come to me in, in, in the and um, to, to the hospital of uh, motorbike, motorcycle and scooter accidents. And I don't want you to make that driving license. And if you stop doing that, exercising that driving license, you get a thousand bucks for me, a thousand Deutschmarks. And right now at once. And I said, OK, I quit. Give me the money. <laughs> and that's where by, I was able to, to buy my first. I could have, I, 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 um, um, to afford my, my, the, the first equipment, my first turntable and um, the other one was a dual analog uh, a player and we had like a really really cheap mixer and um the other friend christian who bought also his first uh, techniques and then we had like two and the mixer and then the whole thing started off and then we we 
we had like uh, uh, yeah parties from from our elder uh, um, um, from his elder brother and my elder sister and we were like come on you have to play there and we bought the records and we were so so excited to go there and and play some records for the elder guys and for the elder ones and yeah that's that was also a thing of practicing so as you of course each time you do your gigs the more you play in front of people the better you get of course when does it begin for you to say to me or when you should say to yourself i'm ready to now do this all the time because in the beginning you're probably getting a gig here or you're doing a party there and what is it, when do you say i'm going to really jump into this now as a profession i'm not going to do this as for you know professional now well oh. i think it 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 it's it just one thing came to another it wasn't really a, a um a decision that i made one day it was always clear to me that i wanted to do something like this and something with music and um, if not a singer then a dj or something like that and then it became I'm, i mean i started off um studying architecture because my my ah yeah, okay because my 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 parents are architectures and my grandparents and it was so it was like running in the family and um nobody forced me to do that but i said um I, my father said hey what about try it out you know, I can help you becoming an architect, and and you know, you, it, it's 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 a nice business. It's fun, and, and you can learn all the skills from me. And um, so I said, okay, let's do it. But I was always doing music, and then um, I think it was when when it started to get uh, successful, and then the decision was made by itself. You know, it. Um, we were uh, back in the days in the 90s um it wasn't that influential business like it is today everyone wants to be a party dj so you go and you could go into the club and ask to get in get in touch and talk with somebody who's in the club who is maybe like a, like a waiter or like a bouncer right or you can go up to the dj and say hey, i'm a dj too can i what do i have to do to 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 maybe to to come and play and uh, for for an evening and if you like it I can come some more often and you could talk to the people to 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 the owners to the prom promoters there weren't any promoters like back in the days and or like they are now and it was much more easier to get in touch to uh, with with the with the people in charge and so um, we were like playing we were locally known for the things we did for our friends and for those parties at school and maybe some smaller things and in a smaller town hall. And so we got quite well known locally. And then it was just a matter of time, um, like back in the days when um, the people get to know you better. And we were like do, writing the first articles for, for a magazine, um, like, uh, four pages on a black and white copy machine and uh, it was called Trendline. Now it's called Face Magazine, you know, and um, uh, I can remember uh, I was writing like two articles for for uh, a club gig that took place in, in Bavaria, you know, when the crew, the whole crew from, from Gelsenkirchen, where this, this, this magazine was invented by Klaus Pieper from Genlock, 
who's still an active life act today. He was famous back in the days, Klaus Pieper and Olli Kunze. And um, uh, there we, um, I wrote the, one of the very first articles. And so I'm still in a way related to that magazine. And, um, and not to be forgotten, I um, became, um, after my, 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 my good friend Christian Inhaus was going more and more into art, I um, uh, stuck together to my uh, to to the to my sister friend back in the day, Andre Andre Tegler, better known as Mogwai, and we became very very close friends, and um, and he was into uh, he was a into like he was a mod, riding a scooter and listening to 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 Northern Soul even uh, um, um, bands like. Uh, or like like psychobilly music, like Batmobile and stuff, and um, he became also a, a lover of that electronic music. And we started off playing records together, doing gigs together, and um, and and he bought his his, and he also bought um, his Technics turntables. And we yeah we had a lot of great. Uh, we went to the Love Parade together and. And um, yeah, we had great times, amazing times, and everything started off there. And we started off, uh, we started our career together. And that's, you see, that's just funny. And of course, it hasn't ended. It's just, it's beginning from there. Yes. And now the DJing is taking off and you're doing that. When does this songwriting and production thing begin for you? Because that's a lot of people know you outside of the DJing. Some of the records you were involved in and some of the, a lot of the success you were involved in with it. When mm. has you know? Because everybody always asks, how do you get into that? Like, how do you how or has that music business find you? Because it's not yeah. easy to get in, as you know. Well, I, um, 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 it started off like uh, we had our we were quite well known as DJs, um, and it was um, it it was a. A parallel history, Mogwise and mine, because we were doing all the stuff together. We were traveling around and playing solo and playing as a team. And um, we bought our first equipment together and put some stuff together here in my mama's house. And in, in, I think one of the one of the bedrooms upstairs, we had our um, uh, Roland JD eight hundred and like a, like I think. The music program was called the the, the DAV was uh, was called the door was called Creator. Creator was the program, and we had like a like I think it was uh, remember a file synthesizer and um, if I remember, it was called C Lab Creator. C Lab Creator. My God, I haven't thought about that too. You just said I went. <laughs> that's a PC program. I remember that people tell me about they were using C Lab. I think C hyphen Lab Creator. That's how far back we're going. Everybody, get your pen and paper out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and it was it was it was MIDI only. No no audio stuff and no audio was around yet. Not no. that time. No. And we were like. Putting records together, uh, and we even even had our own label, Magoo Records, and we did two releases, very, very like, yeah, um, like some very complicated disco house music, <laughs> and uh, um, 
not very successful, but we we put all our energy and all our effort in there. As and, you would, um, as you would, because you because yeah. and I and I know this. Every producer who's ever started in this game, every record you ever did is the best at <laughs> yes. making it. Right? It's, like, it's the greatest thing we've ever done. I mean, it sounded horrible, but and the track was, was was great, but the mix was 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 awful, and um, but a, a lot of tracks back then were quite were just lo-fi because of the technique, and um, um, and uh, then we yeah we bought our first stuff, and then we you know imitating this and that guy and listening, getting influenced by by a lot of genres. And we were very like into Jeff Mills' waveform transmission or R&S records or um, 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 uh, I, I, I remember when Andre bought that um, that pink record from Underworld, Res, and it was a track that that always haunted us in a positive way. And yes, uh, 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 house music work, the label work, and um, I can remember how many times we listened to Southside from Dave Clark and and um, um, Basic Channel and all this. And we, we bought record, records at Hardwax in Berlin, famous record store, and, and important records in Essen. And um, it was we spent we spent all of our money buying records and and driving in around uh, driving around listening to artists and we even were into that drum and bass thing i can remember like a jungle we were listening we were driving to bochum to planet in bochum to listen to adam x who was playing there and um i think it's um and then a third man came to the crew um, uh, jackson michael bellina who joined us and uh yeah and we became close friends a great team and then we did uh um um the first uh, successful phil Fultner records the first successful mogwai records and um uh one of the tracks by mogwai it, uh, you know why was picked by a british producer um, um from xenomania his name was brian higgins and he did uh um, belief for sugar babes uh, for 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 share it was his first big hit belief and he was um uh, uh he was based in westrom in kent in a farmhouse with a farmhouse lot with lots of studios in it and um in the song with share i mean the hit that if you believe in love after love the one where they use the um yes quarter on her voice is yes. this a picture around the time when that happened oh yes it was is, is, that, uh, is that the right? Is that the right song? The Sugar Babes was that the record they used? Uh, uh, they uh, yeah, the bass for um, I think for something kind of ooh uh -huh. uh, was uh, uh, they and the original song was from uh, the the one that we did uh, with Mogwai for Mogwai. You know why? And that and uh, by that by that record we became recognized by him and his team. And he invited us to come there and reproduce the song so he could use it for his for for the sugar babes lp and then we started to work together more closely and uh, we did some productions for him and there was some 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 writing stuff to do and um 
yeah, one thing came to another. And then I was, I, I learned how that I have like um, the ability to write top lines and, um, and that it was my thing and uh, finding melodies, finding like easy lyrics and the lyrics and good, good lyrics to sing along. And um, yeah, and that was my thing. And I did that for a couple of years. And um, I think it was like 2014 or 2013 when I really came back to, 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 to put that aside and really concentrate on Phil Fortner again mm-hmm. and doing Phil Fortner singles, doing Phil Fortner stuff. Wait, before we go that far, yeah. we also have some in-between stuff. Let's talk about what happened in between. So we talk about, you know, you have really good success. You got <laughs> Miami Pop Collection, okay. You have, you're waiting to become the Phil Fulton that everybody knows now. What a cute <laughs> kid. Oh, my God. How this goes from the very start. That's the kid dreaming about what it's going to be like to be the superstar Phil Fulton. <laughs> you're in the group charts with records. And, but, and look at that. Above Madonna, Phil Fulton has a number one at the top. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. And, you know, and let's talk about this. You know, as you're going along, you're learning about Love Parade. You're at the beginning of Love Parade. With Mogwai together. Yeah. yeah. And these guys, are, were in, they were in the trench. You know, mm-hmm. as this thing was getting bigger, they were right there living it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think there was 93 where the, where the picture was taken. Yeah. They were on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, the in, okay, they, um, the Trendline magazine, they were very like um, into that scene, but they had to change their name because Trendline, it, it, it appears that it was the name of a wrestling magazine. That's right. So they came from Trendline to Raveline, you know, and that must have Raveline. been the Raveline truck on the Love Parade. Yeah, and we were, I think, uh, um, uh, uh, Andre, he already had a driving license and he had a car, an old Mercedes Coupe. It was amazing. <laughs> we went there and there were like traffic jam traffic all over the, the the traffic was stuck you know on the autobahn and everybody but it's doing an autobahn rave and you know and and having a party and we didn't even we didn't even have a hotel we slept at Humboldthafen, an old harbor and and in the car like it was freezing and it was cold but we had the time of our lives you know that's what i'm talking about see things like that people don't understand that feeling unless you're there you had you yeah. you you're actually in the wilderness. It's like Woodstock for electronic music. You know, you're right in the middle of all. Yeah, that. you name it. Yes, it was like that. Yeah, the Woodstock. I mean, Love Parade is the most, uh, most sensational, most important thing to ever happen to electronic music. To have that free open air rave like that in the middle of Berlin, you know. Yeah, it made it. It made an impact on on the. I mean, on the whole world regarding that kind of music and regarding that kind of culture, you know, and it was, yeah, it was like, it was like Woodstock. It was like the hippie thing. And, and um, so the hippie thing turned out, turned out in a different way, but this music is still on, it's still alive. It became, it became like an establishment, like, like, like an, a, a, a part of the culture that you can't erase anymore because it became, an, it became more or less an everyday thing. What I really, what I think it's it's amazing when you regard how it started off, you know, in, in the creative cells and um, yeah, but it became so big. And I can remember I was looking down and, you know, the the, the, the street where the love parade took place 
it had like a like a like a little slope and um hard to recognize and i was i was hanging in the back of that truck and looking down the street down down the alley of love you know and looking at that one million people and that was the moment that i felt that there is something very very special taking place right now you know and i and that was amazing and when you when you are there and you feel in a way what's happening now not years later when you reminisce like a time capsule and then oh it must have now i realized realized that it was the moment that was, it was a very special moment it took place there in on that very moment life yeah of course life-changing moments you never forget that it's another moment where you that's in the in in as i call it sketching in your brain you never forget that unless you mm -hmm. experience it you don't understand how does one get this for example to become no. a resident at the space terrace which is you know it's a big that's a big honor I, I was never i have never been a resident there oh, but i would guess i played there a couple of times you know and it or the mixer oh, it's so old school <laughs> look at um, him look at the picture really good you see what i'm saying look he's the handsome guy with the vinyl records no cds look at it very clearly okay take mm -hmm. a look so that was like um there was a lot of cosmo parties taking place there cosmo was the label of the hour back in the days uh, with with me and like as you mentioned Tom Novi and Mogwai and Tom Craft and Danny Koenig and uh, DJ Sandy versus House Trap and they did some parties there and uh, that was uh, when I started off playing at Pasha and um, because uh, the, there were big parties there and you can make yourself it was always the thing making yourself seen there and taking place there you could recognize you can get recognized by other clubs and by other promoters and you we had a big time there and i think obviously we did a good job and so we went to another club and then i must when i when i reminisce i must have played on, on in almost every club there in amnesia even at kilometer cinco and um um am5 yes Can yeah it was like it was an amazing time even on formentera at the tipic or magoo and i remember we went there in, at, at the magoo and on formentera the small island um, um uh, close to ibiza and uh it was the summer when uh um show me love came up when show me love was released by robin s and they played it i think they must have played it five or six times at night in their club and everybody and we, we were going nuts standing outside smoking fortunas you know and drinking san miguel and we, we heard that song we're playing once again and the club, everybody was running in see that organ everybody's running in what is that amazing it was electric it was electrifying let me show everybody what that looked like back then he gave us some beautiful video of himself playing i i don't have the audio everybody so don't ask me what the audio is because of copyright permission problems, but we got we have an awesome video here and Phil playing at space. Look at him. In the glory days when space ruled the nation of Ibiza. Incredible. 
he, he was playing You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. Unfortunately, we had to mute that. <laughs> but you can at least see space during the day was the party to be at. I mean, those that remember, it was an incredible, credible time. And in those days, people partied 24 hours a day. That was the way it was on that island. That was a true, true, true party island every sense of the word. And to be able to be asked as a guest DJ or if you became a resident DJ at some of these clubs, it was it, it was like nothing other than you've ever experienced. I mean, Phil, I tell you, coming from Germany, I come from America, stepping on that island is a whole different level, right? Phil, complete different level. Completely. I mean, you can have you can have a great time there, just relaxing, right? And and you can yeah you can now even more than 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 any than any time before. It's it's so entertaining, but it's still um, there are still places that I used to love about Ibiza, and um, and um, if it went. If it was too much, we went just we just got, went to Formentera to chill there, you know, and and it would and it this was also a completely different thing. It was a different smell, you know. It's all the pine woods and all you know the the, the noises, the sound, and you can sometimes you can only hear the wind, and um, and it, what I love about Ibiza is that you can participate and you can you can roll with it you can go to the party from nine to five and uh, 24 7 <laughs> and but you can leave this whole you can leave it behind and we were like um, um last week or the weekend before we went to um um we had a party there at a friend's house and then um, we were like and, and it was it turned out that it was, it was a boat party and then the next day we spent some time on the house and there was music playing all the time. And then we said, okay, that's enough. We need to have a rest. And then we went to the Silencio Beach where no, no music was playing. And then the old feeling came back to me and uh, that you can go to, to places on Ibiza where, is there, where there is nothing. There is only the noise of nature, you know, and some wind and the sea. And that's what I... That's what I, in the end, I enjoy even more. Sure, sure. I mean, of course, this is your job. This is not you going there as a clubber for a weekend and then go home and go back to work and, you know, at a, like an architect. Mm. You're doing your architecture for all week long and you're running to Ibiza. This is what, you're an architect of the dance floor. Yeah. Okay? So... Let me ask you something about this because, you know, you, there's a couple parts of you. You know, here I mentioned in the beginning of the show about modeling. Oh, well, yeah. What, what drew you to the model? Did you decide to leave music behind for a minute to try something different? No. Or did you decide to stay in it and do this as well? What was the story behind that? It, was, it, it, it happened... Uh, the, these all these things happened um, and more or less at the same time. I was into I was all, I was making music. I was working as a DJ frequently and trying to 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 sell or to to, to bring and release on productions. 
my own stuff and together with Mogwai and um, um, uh, studying, you know, and there was so much energy. I had so much energy. And there was no sleep needed. We were just hustling and bustling, you know, and um, uh, when I when we had that first success, it came to us like, yeah, like a like a lightning struck in 1989 when I had that first hit record, the final, the Captain Future theme, you know, with that manga video. And it went to the top of the charts from zero. And um, be, during that time, I was already into modeling. And um, I was my ex-girlfriend from, uh, from that back in the days. She brought me to, the, to her agency where she was working as a model. And I had some smaller jobs and it went quite well. I was traveling around a bit and going to go and seize. And I had a, I collected a great book and a great set card. And it's, it was very, it, it was good money, you know, not hard work. Not really what I meant was not really what you would you say when you have hard work. It was easy money for easy work as for me, you know, personally, and not easy money was for 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 easy work and um um and then um when this success came it went uh, they booked me you know from from for for that for the bigger bigger companies for levi's or caterpillar and bruno banani and um and uh it's uh it happened more or less at the same time and it's it participated from each other. You know, when I had that, uh, when it began that I was successful in music, they start to book me even more and I got more money from the modeling. And um, right. but I did it only for a couple of years, I think five or six or seven years. And then I didn't make new Polaroids and I didn't work on my set card anymore because I was so much into music. I was so into music, so into, into traveling for DJ gigs and I was not going to the gym regularly anymore. So um, I began with that later on again, but um, um, there were only a few shows that I did and a few like catalog jobs. And, um, but um, I'm still, I think I have still have a set card uh, in an agency, but I, my first, my, my, my last, last job I did must've been like 10 years ago. It just went off, you know. Right, because anyway. yeah, because when you mentioned you were putting everything, everything back together before I stopped you, we went back a little bit in time. You go to twenty fourteen. I know there's a time in between that music changed for everybody. You know, the younger EDM stars were coming up from Holland. The Dutch DJs like Avicii and all these songs are becoming the new sound. Mm. You know, and actually. David Guetta's first album, 2006, changes so many things. Mm. Um, you know, the Robin S. sound and all the house music and disco house is kind of all going away. Mm. You know, where does that, where do you find yourself between those years? Because a lot of us were trying to find where we belong. You know, some of us are no longer in the business. Some of us went on to do other things. Yeah, we didn't stay in it. We we had a lot of we spent a lot of time, um, and it was uh, um, we had we had a good time, 
producing the stuff for Mogwai with Mogwai, Jackson and me. We did the stuff for Mogwai, which was more like um, more like uh, the rougher stuff. And so I could concentrate on this, but um, I changed I, musically. I changed a bit, and but was that was the year? Or that was the years that I that I was that we were like very into producing for other people, writing and producing and doing backings for other artists, and starting off making our own parties. And so we were into the music business, but not doing that much singles anymore that there are a few Phil Fortner singles in that time but the direction for me wasn't clear in a way I enjoyed the, the the because I had so many influences when it comes to electronic music like we were listening to the to to the very very housey house stuff but we also listened to the and we had we I can remember we were on the one of the very first Maydays and in at Halle Weissensee in Berlin and we listened to Euromasters um, today it's called Hardstyle. Back in the days it was called GABA music. GABA. Yes, GABA. 160 BPM. Yes. <laughs> and it was, it was like, I can remember Mockham Records and Hard, uh, Dark Raver and all these guys. And it was, it, it, the hardcore stuff, it was, it was really fun. We enjoyed it. We, we, um, we, I think we, um, it was so much fun to see those guys performing on stage, you know, and 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 even that was an influence in a way. And to find your way, and especially when when it when it and we did we did the producing for 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 pop music, and that also is a very strong influence. And then you end up and and, and say to yourself, so what you gonna be? What do you want to do? And how do you want to sound like? Or what is your style? Finding yourself, you mentioned that. You know, yes. especially when you have so many influences, yes. that was quite a hard time, and it's it still is to find your 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 kind of signature, your sound, and especially when you have when so many things are so inspiring, and there is something that has an maybe a, a song or a band that has that has such an impact on you, and you say, okay, this must be it. So this is it. I want to sound like this and I want to go more in that direction. And a couple of weeks later, you hear a different thing. And that's also a major impact, you know, on your creativity. Sure. And, and how to bring that together, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, of course, it's, it's a thing of art, but it's a market thing too. So you, and I, it never was my wish to only produce music for myself. I wanted to do it, to do it for, for the people. And right. I wanted the success. I wanted the records to be successful. And so you think, okay, I want to excogitate. I want to bring myself into. I bring my really core into that into that song. But I all. But I also want it to be successful. You know, and how to bring that together. And that is like that can be complicated. And that isn't the major way. And the people always say when it's when you do what you love, when you one hundred percent do what you love, you can. It, it, it will be successful somehow, more or less, you know, but with a bit of luck. Yes, luck too. And that's it. And with a little bit of calculation, maybe, <laughs> you know, and um, that's what I wanted. That was all, always on my mind to bring that together of, of functionality and soul, you know, and and really, yeah, and keeping the music real, but uh, but 
it it uh, and expecting some kind of success. I got you. I got mm -hmm. that. You know, again, things changed, and you know, who would have ever thought? I'll bring up this next segment. Who would have ever thought we had this man on last week? Simon Dunmore would have created something called, you know, Glitterbox and helped bring disco back after all that heavy music mm. between EDM and then, you know, Steve Angelo and all, you know, Swedish House Mafia and all that sound coming out from Holland and Europe and american house music that we knew the soulful house or the disco house was completely like it was there but it was so underground yeah you know it wasn't where 10 years prior was commercial hits so you know of course you're lucky enough to get a chance to play with the glitter box family Mm. In uh, in uh, in the hotel Shanghai in Essen with Musi and them, of course, and I had fallen in love with a track you you know you produced uh, two years ago, that disco track. Uh, and, take me. Yeah, I loved it. Love what you did with it, and and it inspired me. Oh, thank you. That's that. amazing. You know, it was an inspiration again because you know again I was like, do we do this? <laughs> do you want to do this, Lenny? Do you feel up to it? Because you go to yourself after a while. You know, if you don't have the people around you with the cheering, it's hard yeah. to stay focused. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, when you uh, it's it's the thing when you listen to that music so for so many times, and you and you played that music for so long. Not that you get tired of that kind of music, but um, there is a strong, sometimes there's a strong pull in, in, in other directions. And you see that that music, it, it's, it comes on vogue and, it, and then it fades away again. I mean, it's history repeating and that is also a good reason. I mean, it's the right thing. Simon did the right thing, the right thing at the right time. He saw it coming back and um, or even he might not. Well, but he reinitiated that kind of music. His philosophy was... People were coming in from the UK. He knew that were older. Mm -hmm. That were not really into that younger sound. And mm -hmm. he was like every week telling them, I don't know where to send you. So then it came to his mind saying, let me start some. Because he had defected in the house going at the same time. Which is entertaining the younger kids. Mm -hmm. The thing was, what happened to all the people that were dancing in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s? They want to go back out again. Some of them, yeah. I call it the circle of life. They got married, have children, some got divorced, are coming back. Some of the <laughs> children are grown up and they want to have a piece of that fun of their heart again. They're young, you know, when I was a young guy or a young woman. And that music helps you remember, you know, and it, it was like when it when look, when it began, I was playing at space as well. Mm -hmm. I was a resident for uh, for the Cafe Ole on the Saturdays. And I was thinking. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. Uh -huh. But Simon Dumas said the first five years, five made no money, all losses on the visa. <laughs> I so didn't know that. Five years. Nobody remembers the bad part. They only okay. remember the glory now. It's like yeah. the, the, the glory of disco is everywhere. But the beginning, 
first five years, no money made. So you have oh, to have man. a lot of passion in this game to stay in it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It never works without that, you know. And maybe you have to stay focused. You have to stay on it. And if if you, and if you, when you see it growing, you know, and there's a glimpse of that you that you 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 see that that there is that there is a progress. And even for 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 years, and when you see how that thing can evolve, and how uh, that how people respond to that. And when you when you have an idea and go into the market like very very sharp and you go and you cut into the market with something that is that nobody else is doing, you have some kind of a chance uh, to to get recognized because it's a it's a it's a singularity thing. It's 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 that no what nobody else does, and then you get recognized. And when you do it in such a loud way, like he did and he does, you know, and it's only a matter of time until people come and recognize what you're doing there, you know. And he and the the, the music uh, was was turning back into that house direction and into that into that disco direction and like. Sometimes I think that these that the decade is a good decade for classics, and uh, I think it started off with um, and even before uh, the 2000. I think it was. Look how John Travolta came back, and he was so off, and he was so on like back in the days, and everybody was Travolting, and then he was the people were so over of like Bee Gees. Bee Gees were banned from the radio because nobody could have Bee Gees anymore, and because it was so over. And then he was off and he was he didn't know what to do. And then he came back with little small roles and in, in, on the movies. And then a guy like like um, Quentin Tarantino, he came and pulls that 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 guy out of the dark, you know, and says, this is the guy that I want. And this is still a superstar. And um, he was he was a guy from now picking up the guy from the, from then, like. Sunmore does with uh, with Jellybean and Casey Sledge, you know, and all these 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 heroes from back in the days, and he pulled him back into the light, and he came back to stay, and then he became a superstar, and and again for the second time, you know, and this is um, um, you 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 are big and then your time has gone uh, but it's always a chance you know to come back and and he did in a major way and that's know? where it comes to me now saying what you said ready mm -hmm. 2014 is a transcending year for you why i stopped you at the time you said i was doing something in 2014 to now what were you creating what was the mindset for you was this it creating this Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm putting it together in pieces now. <laughs> um, you 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 made your you did your homework very well. Well, I, um, uh, I started off Fultner Plus. That was the thing before Phil Slicks, and then um, I um, I remember I started off in at, actually at Hotel Shanghai. Uh, Fultner Plus. I think it was. 2001 or two now 2003 or 2008 or in, or even before sometimes i have a poster in the old school and a, and a flyer from that back in the day so i have to i have to take a look when it started off uh, for the first time i had 
Ian Pooley there and Ali from Ali from T Schwartz. Oh, Ali, Ali, and oh my God, from the Red Bull, the Red Dog days. Oh yeah, yeah. and ah. and Ali Basti, everybody, Ali Basti. Yeah, very very cool guys. And um, can I say something about Ali Basti? Go for it. So before they became Techno Kings, okay. Mm -hmm. They had this small club, everybody. I played there. Tony Humphreys, everybody played. This club was as small as a, like a little store. The gum club in, in Hamburg? Yeah. Yeah? Was it? Red Dog, right? Uh, what was it? Red Dog or something like that? Red. Red what, what town? Maybe Hamburg. I, I... Hamburger. Okay. I, I can remember this that um, there was back there there was the front where Boris was doing his thing. Boris's thing, yeah, no, yes. Boris, but, but he was also playing at the Gum Club. We we uh, we have to. Um, uh, I have to check that. I have to check that. But I think it was, everybody was, was. Yo, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> Soulful black house music. I mean, like New Jersey, New York style. These two guys, Steve Schwartz playing, Ali and Basti, crazy in those days. Yeah, amazing. That's it. I couldn't when he said it, and he had them, in, of course, in 2014. But back in the day in the 90s, mm. what a party. Like yeah. Mark One with Booby, M1. Oh my God, all those clubs were the bomb. But anyway, sorry for jumping on your parade. 2014. Mark Eins in, in, in Nuremberg and um, um, and Kaffee uh, Europa in Bielefeld. They were famous German house clubs. And and, and yeah, at, at, at Gum Club, a lot of things happened there. And um, okay, 2014. So I started off with Fultner Plus and then I, um, uh, my, my booking agency, they were like, they had like a uh, they were not so, so. I think I can't really remember what 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 pulled us away from there. And but there was a Phil Slicks. We had a break for a couple of years, and then we came back. I think in 2013 or 2012 with Phil Slicks. And I wanted to do my own party again, and with the kind of guests that I wanted and um, the kind of style that I wanted to present. And it had to take place. On a, on a small scale, like some kind of downplaying, like the 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 like the thing we we saw, like bringing big artists to a small place for a small crowd, you know, to make it become a real clubby feeling. And then, um, um, you know, when you're in that scene and you have a lot of colleagues and you know everybody and you know, uh, uh, let's say you're not a lot, you know, a lot of people. A lot, of, a lot of the big timers or some of the big timers, it's easier for you to invite that people to come to play on a club than a club promoter, you know, or a club owner. You can always say, come on, it's we only have a small fee to pay, but it's a great place. And when you get one of the big ones and everybody sees what's taking, what's happening there, what's taking place there, it's also, it attracts the other DJs. Yeah, and I said, Oh, I know this place who this and this and this guy have played there, so I can play there too because it's yes, the crowd must be amazing, and everybody was there, and so it becomes a big place, it becomes naturally. And so we started, yeah, like, like, um, uh, I think we started off with guys like 
oh, with Robosonic and Butch and um, and um, um, yeah, with Tino, Papa Disco Machine, Lawrence Wardy Live, and Ten Snake, and Loco Dice, and The Blessed Madonna, and Sinti, and uh, Perel, and all these guys. Not only house music, it was right. also very, very electronica. Mm -hmm. And we had DJ Kotze playing there, and we had uh, Nina Kravitz playing there, and um, a lot of queer uh, content, a lot of uh, like, like, um, queer artists like um, um, Hercules and Love Affair and um, Boy George and we brought Boy George there and it, yeah we had a great time and it's still a very 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 busy place and Kai Shanghai who's the owner of this place is like um, is a great presenter and uh, of, of this club a great ambassador for the scene mm -hmm. and for the people who, who go there and um, and we still close friends, and uh, then it became on one stage it became bigger, and I had to uh, the opportunity to host uh, um, my own stage at Parukaville Festival, and I had international guests, and uh, the idea was to to bring uh, 360 creative degrees there, like actors who can play a good DJ set or or, or singer songwriters. Would you very, bring Idris? Would you bring Idris Elba there? Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I thought but, you, said, you said actors because he's DJing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. And he's a good DJ. Yes, very. He really could play. He he really play music. Yeah, no, he's very good. He said he has always been a DJ. That's what he said on a on a on an interview, and that he was always been DJing. And we had guys there like Skin from Skankanensi. She's an excellent DJ, and um. Some really famous guys from Germany, like Lezol, great singer-songwriter, and Paulina Rozinski, um, a great creative girl and a great artist, and Philip Poisel and Jan Delay, who's one of the one of the head honchos of Germany's most influential hip-hop act from back in the days, and still is. And that was the idea to bring to bring artists into a small club or into into a DJ venue um the people that are not really known for 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 djs but more for going onto a stage and with a guitar and playing for thirty thousand people and then bring to these guys to an intimate place and make them play a dj set and not an edm wow. or dj set but really sophisticated techno and house music and they really did and some of these or most of these of these creative guys of the singer songwriters are actually really good djs they have their controllers at home you know they 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 are collecting stuff and and they are really really able to play really good dj sets and that's what i wanted to express and that's what i wanted to to bring out with phil slicks and that's a great idea because it, it needed it you need to do something a little bit different than what everybody else is doing in order to be successful. And that's what makes you stand out. One step beyond, yeah, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, why go to Phil's party if I can go to Butch down the road, you know, or whatever? Or, mm -hmm. you know. But do you particularly like better playing for more intimate or you like playing for a big events? What, what do you prefer better? Well, I like both actually, and um, there's nothing that can compare with an intimate club set or with a 
clubby setting on a on a larger scale, like uh, like Kiesgruber or or a famous brand in in, in Germany, Tom Preuss, um, who really brings a lot of big artists to 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 Germany, like uh, uh, like he did recently, um, Jamie Jones, and he brought Peggy Goo here, and um, I was playing for him with Antim in a in a mid venue like a, a couple of hundred people but it had a, like a club appearance and um uh um narrow ceiling you know and so you can play on a festival and it can feel like a club gig when you're close to the people that's what i like and that's always a bit of a pity when you come to a large festival you have that big stage and you go like 30 meters back and then there's the dj booth so and you and that's okay because everybody has to see you from out there so you have to be like a little bit backwards you know but uh it's not that and you can you can even make that an intimate place i used to go for like grab a bottle of jägermeister and go to you know to the crash barriers on the front row and fed everybody with jägermeister and to get in touch with the people yeah to do something intimate and um um, and to to correspond and in a way with the people and that's much that you can do it much better in a club because you are so close you can look in everybody's face and the people can look in your face and there is always some kind of an intimate interaction going on and so i like both i mean it's a it's it's an amazing feeling to play for a couple of thousand of, of listeners and, and 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 people and um it's like it's like a flight to the moon but I also like playing on 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 a small venue and you know uh, getting real sweaty, and that's because that's the the places where we started off or where I started off. Group club I... in, in, in group club in Gelsenkirchen and warehouse in Cologne, amazing places. There you go. Hmm. Can I ask you your involvement with this gentleman, this famous gentleman from Germany, Wolfgang oh, of Kraftwerk? Kraftwerk, yeah. everyone. Kraftwerk. He was the former drummer of Kraftwerk, and he's a he's an amazing, he's a great guy, a very gentle, he's a gentleman, and he is an amazing storyteller. And he has this um, this project Musiksoldat, Music Soldier, and where he does like soundscapes and a real program, and um, and he was, and there was also a. Um, like a part where he was playing records, where he was DJing, and he used to play a few records. And we met a couple of times, and it's sometimes unexpected, and was really, really fun. And it ended up we were sitting together for hours just talking about music and musical heritage. And he was talking about the the Kraftwerk days, and yeah, it's amazing. And um, yeah, we we're not finished with with it, with each other. Maybe something is coming up in the future. Let's see. <laughs> But he's a great guy, amazing. Phil, where do you see yourself going the next part of this journey? You know, where's the next part to the Phil Fuldner experience? Uh, the, the, the next part of the Phil Fuldner experience. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for more coming. Stay tuned for more. Stay with us. Um, um, actually, we are in, in uh, right now in a process of um, shaping the 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 brand a bit shaping the ci a bit and um 
and doing, taking what's best from the existing Phil Fultner and, and um, you know, bring it into something, bring it together with some new aspects that I was thinking about for, for a long time now. And, um, and uh, we have, I think, very strong records coming up and um, and some very uh, um, amazing um, um, collabs that I'm that I was recently working on and still working on. We are still in the process of, of finishing these collaborations, and and um, it gets a little more colorful. And um, um, I can, I think, in a couple of weeks, I can tell you much more about that because then I have like a, some sort of a concept. Yeah, but there is something coming up. That's I know that what everybody hates, big things are coming up, big things in the headlights, but they really are. <laughs> you have to you have to dream, you have to work towards something. It truly is architecture because you're engineering the next steps of what this journey is going to be for you. You know, mm -hmm. each piece is another part to hopefully having a massive hit or touring a huge tour. You know, everyone, it's, you know, it's not as easy. It used to be do very little and big and big return. Now, the way it works is you have to do a hell of a lot of work for very little return because of the social media content. Mm -hmm. Does that bother you at all, the social media? Because, you know, we all look at it differently. Some people say, hmm, some of those people don't deserve to have that level of success because they're not very talented or are they just hating mm -hmm. what do you think what's your feel on it first i have to say i'm not the guy to hate no you um, know i say hating meaning you know looking like you don't deserve that in your yeah mind. i mean i know what you mean yeah, yeah yeah um well i think it's um art can find this expression in many ways and sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's, it's the easy way when you come like a like a TikTok phenomena or or um, we live in these days of, of strong social media appearances and and of, um, and of people getting famous without skills and I think it's let's see how it turns out in the end and I think um, some of these guys that I that. I haven't heard of uh, on a musical side that only appeared to or that only came in my into my in my radar or in my focus uh, by um, by record by on, on social media. Some of them I got to know and that are really really nice persons working really really hard and are actually quite good musicians. But I always uh, but I also recognized it the other way, the different way, and actually I. I was lately. I was so busy with my own stuff and thinking about what was I, what what will I do, what I'm doing, that I that I can hardly contribute to to, or that I can hardly think what I am actually thinking about those people, you know. And it's hard for me to tell. I just recognize it, and and but it, but it doesn't give me it doesn't give me love or give me hate. You know, sometimes I sit there and say, oh, my, that's ridiculous. I mean, and that must be only a fun thing, you know. And on the other side, it came, it, uh, um, it, 
all these things are evolving. It become it didn't these these phenomena didn't come up overnight. So you you have a way, or there is some time you 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 see these things coming, especially when you are in the industry for such a long time, like we are, you know. And you see those trends, and you see, and you can understand why these people get famous, just because there are stars on TikTok or on Instagram, or like they are influencers. But I think everybody, every time, has his own stars, whatever that means. Mm. And um, things are come and go, and it's it's always history repeating. And I can. I, I have no exact vision where this thing will end. What I can say is that sometimes it's really it's tough to 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 really to um, to um, to make yourself seen on social media the way that you want to appear yeah. from your heart, you know, mm -hmm. or you like you all. Maybe if you're lucky, you have like a deputy who is exactly. Who has exactly your style and is has the way to say what you want to say, you know? But um, you don't have to care about it because someone else is doing that for you, you know, and is doing very, very good. And I think that's you can be very lucky if you find somebody who can do your social media work and you can focus on your music. But that's the more it, it's at the end. It's all about the music. That's what makes you famous, you know. And when you get you get played, your music gets played on the radio because it's good. I don't know if it's good music, but because the record is successful, not really because you are successful as an influencer, you know, they have to like the music. But it seems more like these days, it's more about the influential part of it than it is about the musicality. That's right. That, that definitely that's, uh, but I think, um, um, in our universe of, of electronic music, and of electronic artists, there's a strong sense of keeping it real and supporting the real people. You see what happened to Stella Bossi, you know, and uh, like a like a TikTok. I mean, it's it's it seems to be like a thing that humans do. They love to build their heroes, and they love to to dismantle their heroes, you know, and and and, and destroy them and. And um, I think that's what taken place here and there, uh, here and there, and now and then. And um, um, I think uh, that uh, uh, the, uh, the the electronic music scene is very supportive on people who are, um, even if they come up really strong in a very short period, like Fisher did or stuff. And but. Um, I didn't know. I actually, I, I have to confess, I don't know how famous I was before his his hits, his hit records. And but um, I think they have. Uh, there is a strong sense of supporting real people, whatever that means. Mm. You know, and supporting real artists and don't get uh, some of these TikTok artists get too strong. They get strong, definitely, but on an on a on a on a different scale, on a different scale, and um, and. Um, they uh, and but the the thing that we do electronic music and house music I think it's a different thing. It's some it's hard to explain, and I have to think and I and especially when we have that conversation now I recognize that I 
that I don't, didn't think of a lot of things that took place in recent history because I was so busy thinking about myself, you know, that sometimes I can't really contribute to can't you contribute real substantial stuff to uh, to or or or, or feature my position that I have because I was not thinking about this and that phenomena. I just recognize well, it, but I was I wasn't really thinking. I wasn't really reflecting about this. And that's you know? and that's what happens because you're so busy being in your own. Like I call it, it's like your own goldfish bowl, swimming mm -hmm. around trying to be seen, make sure everybody sees what you're doing. That there's thousands and thousands of people doing it now, and it's like wow. I mean, it's a, it's. There you always do this. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I, I, no, what no, I try no, to do. No, is, no, 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 let me teach you. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I mean, what I do is, I, 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 every day I try to look left and right and beyond my horizon. Yeah, especially when you are a music producer and you, and you are, and I am interested in every kind of music. So that's why I take a look at, 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 at I check Spotify, I check, yeah, I check Apple Music, I check the song starts, I check Beatport, I check. I check uh, a Bandcamp and Amazon and whatever you know, and but um, I let it I let it come and let it go through me. Some yep. things stay with me; the others just pass me by. You know, I try to see what's going on out there. You know, more or not more the less politics, more music. You know, yeah. But so many, so many universes beyond my own horizon. You know, like there are some some artists I never heard about that are in my genre and very big in my genre and i some i see them on 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 the flyer on a festival lineup in the billing and i go to that um and there are instagram super or TikTok superstars i never heard of before you know because I, there are so many of them you know on my algorithm they didn't it, it didn't got these artists to me it um you know insta okay. or facebook doesn't okay. bring these artists to me okay here's the question when you see these TikTok stars or Instagram stars and you never really heard of them, do you think a lot of it is pumped up with money, marketing money to buy fake, a fake audience, or do you think it's legitimate, real? Well, if you, and you can sometimes you can tell on the interaction that takes place there. And you can see if that's, I mean, you can construct an artist and construct. Uh, um, 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 or you can bring uh, with money uh, an artist to people and then it has to go by itself you know you can invest a lot of money to yep. get people on the scene and then they have to perform yeah sometimes you know and i think it's both i think it's 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 uh, you can create an artist out of nothing with money we all know that it, that it can happen, and it happened a couple of times, and it will happen in future. And I can, and I think on the other hand, there is also a, it's there are also artists that are really came up and are really supported one hundred percent by their fans. And these, and maybe there are some they they bought some fans in the beginning to make it appear bigger, you know. But I think it's both. I'm sure it's both. Yeah, because many times, trust me, even I look and I go, who 
the hell is this person having <laughs> a million followers? It's like, you're not on TV. You're not a massive name. Mm-hmm. I have to say, something doesn't seem right sometimes. I mean, when you see, when, when, when you buy Insta followers, for example, and uh, you come to a certain amount, you reach a certain amount that it, um, it, it's attractive. And when you have the appearance that people are really interacting with comments and, you know, and there are, it seems to be like there are real people doing the comments, mm-hmm. it attracts on you and must, and it, I know what it, what it does to you. I'm, I'm, you think, okay, this must be somebody real. And he has, and maybe it didn't, it didn't came to me earlier but this has to be somebody and from that stage on the people are following more naturally right you can you can push it to a certain stage with an amount of money and then best case it runs for itself because mm-hmm. it attracts people just sure. because of the numbers in the algorithms because the algorithms are out there um and everything is flowing it seems to bring more as they say success breathes success that's what i meant the same as the algorithm world maybe it does maybe if you know maybe if house music got that kind of love like the other electronic musics maybe you would have you would see those numbers for everyone you know but Mm -hmm. you don't see those kind numbers in the house music world unless it's like black uh black coffee for example or you know there's a few guys that have records that crossed into pop status type records and they've gained tremendous amount of followers but most djs are don't have that kind of level of success mm. all cox's numbers and you know they those fans are big you know he's got yeah. a big fan base and a lot of it sometimes lends to be more techno or electronic music enthusiasts than say proper house music you know mm. Well, this 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 hard stuff is really really strong, you know, oh. because it, it it and I remember when we we had fun, we were dancing, we were having a party to that hot stuff, you know, because it was uh, we were soaking up every kind of electronic music back in the days, like I said, and and it's so big now, and and one of the the aspects is that this sex positive thing, you know, and and these. Everybody can be itself and can express their, you know, their their sexual behavior in a way, you know, when it comes to this sex positive electronic, very hard kind of kind of thing. You can recognize it by 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 how the people dress, you know, totally. and what they like, and they and finally they can they can be their self and express their self in a way, you know, uh, that they that they that they want to express their 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 sex and their and their and and their their very intimate parts because the music is a, and and even the clubs are and the the whole scene is a platform for that you know you can live those those private parts right with the with the music and that's why it's i think that's that's a major reason why it's so big and it, it of course it's fun you know yeah. And uh, you can have a great time to that sound, and and uh, some of these, some of these phenomena, some of these aspects that I mean, even if the people dance that shuffle dance, you know, that techno dance, mm-hmm. when like back in the days when it came up, these we were laughing at these guys dancing these dance, and today's, 
when today is absolutely okay you know you have the the people on 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 the cool on, on some of the festivals the festival dancers they do shuffling on the stage you know and i say and every time i see it i say oh my goodness well back in the days you know we were just throwing coins at those people but that you that was a different thing i mean everybody everything is okay for everybody everybody can do what he loves especially when when it comes to these kinds of music because that's that's um that was uh that is a, a major part a major expression of that music do what you like and dance how you like and be how you like do you know um do what you like digital, digital underground yeah. do what you like <laughs> and i think um um it's uh when it, a phenomena comes up so strong it can be gone very quick but i think um um so many people are have spent so much time with that music and that kind of fashion and expression and it mm -hmm. even takes place and you know Bergheim is a, it's an international thing you know it's a fashion thing you know and there is in on on the you know on the catwalks of of, of milan we have that techno style people walking on on, on the catwalk you know and it and it comes well, like a good point good point because fashion came from the nightclubs yes yeah that's where innovation takes place you know and then in the it, dark yeah and <laughs> in the dark yes and so it became such a big thing i don't know if it, it if if it will be gone very early i think it will stay for a couple of time or for it will stay for a time and i'm excited to what's coming next so if we have that wheel if we regard it like we do always like like repeating so what do you think will be the next thing uh, in the cycle in the i think the 1990s sound is already starting to make its way through yeah it, it already is like you know like people but it hasn't, like, but it hasn't peaked yet it's still mm -hmm. just like I think so too. yeah it's like banging the door boom from mm -hmm. the door is gonna when that door opens up it'll be like crazy but i think that's just listening to the music coming out seeing the people playing the sets or you are playing those records from that era people go crazy you know yeah, yeah. i don't see these new records and not putting new records down because i love making new records like you do too the question is these new records that everyone's making are they going to hold 20 and 30 years from now to become the golden classics I the golden classics classics yeah, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know if it's gonna have that same staying power mm -hmm. like the way a finally record has or bucket heads or you know all the big big hits that were through the 90s to the 2000s. Yeah, because that was an innovation. I mean that's just recycled, you know. And even if the young people don't get it, that what what is absolutely okay. I can remember when we had that when in, in, in the 90s when we were into that uh um suggesting when Jamiroquai came up and incognito and stuff and we were all going crazy to the disco music and you know with the with the with these the, the club we wear and you know and how we dressed and my mama was just laughing at me and said oh no we just brought that behind us and now it's starting all over again you know and and in a way when with with uh, uh sampling all these these records uh, we recycled it all we also but it was 
the first kind of recycling we did. It was the very start of sampling when the, uh, when you regard when it comes to electronic music, it took it already took place in in in, in, in hip hop and in rap music. You know, taking other people's bits and pieces and put your record and put your rapping on it. And but uh, the house music was the first one to really make make a make a whole movement of sampling disco music. Yeah. And so the disco music samples are resampled. So it's it's a different thing. But I think I heard a lot of great recycled '90s tracks that all that were already based on on on, on samples. Yeah. With, with 2024 or 2023 additives that I really, really like, that I like better than they did it in the 90s or the 2000s. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Well, Mr. Fulner? Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure. It was my pleasure. I think you definitely have more to say through your career. Your career is not anywhere near done yet. I think you got some more time to give us some more hits. Yep. yep. Some more modeling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 I have no, to no, go no, to the no, gym. Look at look, look. Oh, look, man. Look at him. He's back. He's coming back strong. He's still on. Look, if you need him to model, send Phil Fulna. He, man. <laughs> send a Facebook message. Say, Phil, we want you back. <laughs> Do what you do. All uh, right. So we wish you all the best of luck and thank you for being part of this show and alumni. And now you're part of it. You're part of the True House Stories family. Hopefully, you and I will someday play together at one of your events. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. I mean, I think we have we have uh, um, we have uh, we have great history, and it's yeah, love to see you. And um, I remember when we were at Musik and Frieden in Berlin. A couple of years ago, yeah. that was really really fun with uh, uh, with uh, Manuel, you know, and Kai Shanghai was was also there from Hotel Shanghai. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I see Manuel often when I went. Uh, almost I know, he always comes out to see you when he comes into Berlin. When you come into Berlin, yeah, he's always. He, most of the time, he's with me, and he we we're having like a we have like a traditional when I play at 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 um, Zissifos Winter Garden, we always bring our own bar. Because the people on the bar with the marks are they are so fuzzy, you know, and so we always bring our own stuff, our our drinks, you, you know. Play, do you play those favorite Schlager tunes for Manuel? Because I know he loves Schlager. <laughs> he never told me. <laughs> You'd probably kill me if you heard that. You'd be like, "What?" <laughs> Manuel, stay cool. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, thank you everyone for tuning in around the world, and to our thank friends from Germany. Phil Fulner, stay in touch with him. Keep, keeps, you know, like keep. Here's the most important, everyone. Keep streaming his records. Get on Spotify, stream his records. He's got a lot of catalog records that are amazing. He does great, solid work. That's why he is a legend in who he is. And Thank you so much. And people give us stamp keep, approval. Stamp keep approval. on streaming. Keep on streaming Lenny Fontana records. He's the man with Duane Harden. You know what I mean. You know. I really, I really love that. And I, um, and, by the way, I told you last week, Simon was on. I'll tell you the same. Next year is his 25th anniversary of what you need already. 25 years old. Man, amazing. So, of course, my birthday was September of in the in 21st. I was 29. So, Simon and I were laughing when he signed my record. I was four. So, just do the math. <laughs> 
Heavenly. Good night, everyone around the world. We'll leave you on a good laugh. Stay tuned. Next week, we got Booker T from the London scene coming to tell his story right here on True House Stories. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Mr. Fulner. Toodaloo.